Hello, you're listening to your favorite podcast, Not Another Sports Podcast. And before we start our episode, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all the fans who've been supporting us to this time. And if you're a new fan or just now listening, uh, make sure you subscribe and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Not Another Sports Podcast and at Twitter, N underscore A underscore S underscore Podcast. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, not another sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. I'm here with my co-hosts, Kevin and Jordan. Yo, what's up? This is Kevin. Yeah, and this is Jordan. And we definitely, we had to wait for a, a special occasion. We couldn't wait. I mean, we couldn't waste this opportunity. We had to get a gold tier guest for this gold tier trophy that we got this year. So we got our brother, the one and only longtime fan of the show and our um our blood biggest Alabama fan that we know Derrico Robertson yes, roll yes, tide roll tide glad glad to be here thanks for the invite no, no problem. problem we definitely had to get you on for this episode hmm. and with, with this first segment we're gonna break down basically this uh we're gonna give a recap of the national championship um just how this season ended up playing out with COVID and everything I think um to me, I feel like this is one of the hardest national championships because, like I said, with COVID and everything, really the only major case we had was Nick Saban. Granted, he caught it twice, but the first time was a false positive. But I think just managing that and then um, being ready to play every weekend and still having to go, not knowing if you're going to play, if the other team going to do what they have to do, it just, uh, it was a lot. And then... Um, I, I do think having 11 days in between each game did do a lot for us this year. Usually, it'll be like a week in between the playoff game and the national championship. So right. I think that helped a lot this year. But how y'all feel about um, the national championship and how it played out this year? Um, I, I'll say for for me, I think um, we talked about this offline a lot. That probably one of the best things for this season. For Alabama was how the last season ended, um, and the previous season. So the previous season before that, you get to the get to the promised land, and you you get uh, blown out by Clemson, and then last season you you lose two big games and don't even make the playoffs. And so um, I think that, that that played a large role in the focus and the discipline that we saw uh, um, from Bama this year. And you know, Saban kept talking about disruptions and being off schedule and how they managed that. And so I'm not so sure if um, if they had not won last year and the previous year, they would have been as hungry. Because as you know, uh, typically Saban's teams perform better when they've been doubted and when they uh, feel like nobody's taking them serious. So I, I, I'm not so sure even um, if last year had, had gone better and ended, if they would have even been able to have that focus for one certain players wouldn't have come back. So I think it was just uh, a perfect alignment. And like I always say, any champion every year, no matter what the sport is, if every champion needs luck, every champion needs certain things to bounce their way. And I think that that's definitely uh, what we saw this year from uh, from the tide. But I, I do think that this was just a team that was just, just laser focused. Like I hadn't seen 
uh, really in a couple of years. This this might be the most focused I've ever seen a saving a saving team, which is saying a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I said this on air yet, but I I remember telling Brandon this. One of the, my favorite things about um the postseason, I guess, um, this time of year is watching the um media day. Like I remember mm-hmm. the year that the national championship was here, we actually went, and uh, mm-hmm. like that was just it's it's just something different. Like you don't it's in college you don't get the the same thing that you get with the NFL where you get a press conference every Wednesday or you get your quarterback on the Pat McAfee show or you mm-hmm. get a um, radio show with your head coach. You don't get that. All I get is a weekly um, media um, press conference with Coach Saban. That's the best I can do. But um, I do enjoy this time of year because I get to see what the what the players are actually saying. And like Derrico was saying, yes, this is actually the first year where everybody was focused. Like every other year it was Oh well, it's glad I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're um we're just enjoying the moment. We're um we're we'll see what happens. Um I wanna see what happens next year, all that type of stuff. If mm-hmm. this year it was strictly um national championships. Every time they were asking Mac or um Devontae about the Heisman, it was I don't care about the Heisman. I'm here about the, the um game. I'm just here to win the game. And even when they were talking about Wade, it was like, it doesn't matter about him. I'm about the game. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, I could tell that it was just something different about this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely um, more interesting to see down the stretch with all the um, the injuries. And then um, Jalen coming back, how that actually um, helped the team rebound with his big, well, it wasn't, I'm not going to say a big catch because he definitely just kind of flipped it to him on the third mm-hmm. down, but it was it was an inspirational catch on third down that kind of mm-hmm. made us, um, it kind of gave us that extra spark. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of um, different little pieces that went into this national championship that made it feel more special than that you, like you said, after the game, this one felt more special. I can't really put my finger on it. But mm-hmm. it, I just, it definitely, it feels more special. I get what you're saying. Right. Um, I got to <clears throat> I gotta give props to Alabama. They did what they had to do this year. Um, mm-hmm. It was laser sharp focus. And usually you have those teams where you know you have a lot of talent. And they kind of know it. And they be lazy and lackadaisical out mm-hmm. there. And mm-hmm. yes, it does sound like Florida, doesn't it? <laughs> but Alabama, on the other hand, knew they had the talent on offensively and they played to the best of their ability every day, every every week. And it showed mm-hmm. and they didn't let any anybody in their way, any type of competition stop them. And they was kind of rolling over everybody. The only team that actually gave them a good game was Florida. Was Florida. I agree. <laughs> was yep. Florida. And that just hurts me to show that we don't play to our potential. And that's why you right. gotta give credit to Alabama because that's what happens when you play to your potential. You don't play down or you lack you don't lack discipline. And I give that to Alabama and that starts with Nick Saban. He always have them mm-hmm. in shape and he always have them ready. 
And Mac Jones is a leader. He waited his turn behind two starting quarterbacks in the league now. And he mm-hmm. took that to another level. And he was in the Heisman race. And he got a national championship, his second. Mm-hmm. So you got to give props to them. They got the best receiver in the, in the country. They got the best. I think he is the best player in the country, the best running back in the country. And mm-hmm. their defense wasn't all-time Alabama defense, but they held the fort down and they made key stops when they needed to, when they needed mm-hmm. to, and they sealed it. So I got mm-hmm. to give them that. Absolutely. Well, that leads right on to our second part of this segment. We'll talk about um, whether or not we feel like this is the best uh, recruiting class of all time. The recruiting class just doesn't. Um, this national championship team. This includes people who left early for the draft. This includes people who, um, yeah, basically uh, people who were sen- who would be seniors this year. So two of them, uh, Judy. I, I feel like because um, I, I I think this recruiting class since with three national championships. Two. They played in two. Two and played in three. Yeah. The 2009 class finished with three national. Championships. Yes. yes, right. 9, 2010. So that, oh, 9, that, 11, and 12. Yeah. That would be the only class that really would give them the running for it. But I say mm-hmm. that class really started the, the uh, set the standard for where Alabama is right now. So that's that would be the only reason I would say that recruiting class is better. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that's a great question, actually, um, and honestly, it's, it's one that I hadn't even thought of. Um, but but you know, you no. Know, to your point, you, you know how I am about any sports. I always look at era, and so here's here's for me that what makes this a difficult question is, on the one hand, the old, the old nine class they they were some dogs who were hungry, who had never uh, tasted tasted blood. Uh, and what I mean by that is they're 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 new. They're they're setting the standard. Uh, they're they're still trying to make Alabama not be a fluke uh, cough cough like LSU <laughs> cough cough. Um, and they're trying to still like Auburn right. And they're still trying to set this standard and show that no, we're here to stay. So on the one hand, they have this this um, standard that they're trying to establish. But then on the other hand, this class has the standard that they're trying to uphold. And so we know that uh, with success comes uh, the desire for complacency, uh, which which going back to, you know, what I said earlier. But I will say when you look at what has been produced in that class, uh, the fact that uh, in, in 2009, uh, those those youngsters were contributing because they had to, and these kids were contributing because they were just that good that you couldn't keep them off the field. Because you remember these guys were, uh, if if I'm correct, these guys were hitting the field with first rounders going in that draft and making plays. You know, Devonte Smith, for instance, in the national championship game, these guys are making plays with Calvin Ridley still in the fold. These guys are are making plays and, and um, a lot of people don't even remember this but we look at second and 26 but Devontae Smith also scored a game winning touchdown against Mississippi State on a simple slant that was supposed to be for the first down Right. and so um, I think whereas the, the one team had to battle adversity from the sense of 
everybody's trying to knock you off and saying you're not good enough whereas this one's trying to, to battle complacency I gotta give a slight edge uh, to to this one just for the sheer fact of like what they did and how they just ran roughshod through college football and, and especially this year even after those guys are gone where uh, Mac Jones comes in and uh, he he does better than Tua from a statistical perspective. He leads better than Tua. He finds a check down better than Tua. Najee, you know, it's crazy. We talk about how Mac had to wait his turn, but Najee did too. Right. Najee was behind two or three NFL Josh, running backs who are Josh on rosters Jay, right now. Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough all got touches in the national championship before. Okay, yeah. And so he's and waiting he's behind still, those guys. And he still led the team in uh, yards that game. That game, right. Right. So, uh, and then just what Najee, just how he plays. So it's just like this team just from a, this, that class from a star power perspective just um I think was about as can't miss as it gets. Okay. Um well I'm not gonna say that the 2009 class didn't have expectations, but they did already have an SEC championship appearance, even though we mm-hmm. did lose to Florida. So our name was kind of on the map. It wasn't what Alabama is now. So it definitely wasn't upholding the standard. But it, not, it wasn't necessarily that 2008 class of we're the standard. We gotta we gotta set it forward. So I right. would, I would say they were more of the the class that you were describing. But to put right. some That's names fair. to the faces, I would put from the 2009 class it was um, Trent, Drake, Kirk, um, DJ, AJ, McCarron. Um, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. DJ Fluker, AJ McCarron, um, Eddie Lacy, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Norwood, James Carpenter, and we also had Kenny Bell in this class. Those are some of the notables. And then mm-hmm. from this 2017 class, we had Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, Jerry Judy, Tua, um, Jedrick Wills, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Mac Jones. So, mm-hmm. um, with, when we say star power, that was we have the number two in the nation running back who's the number one running back. We have the number one dual threat. We have the number three, the number nine, and the number 11 receivers. So that's, mm-hmm. that's star power on star power. And then you also have to consider this is in an era where like this is wide open. Anybody can go anywhere and you can transfer. Anybody can like we had this field, Devontae from Georgia, who was a long time mm-hmm. We stole... Who's also out of Louisiana. Right. We stole, speaking of, we stole Dylan Moses from LSU. We stole mm-hmm. um, Mac Jones from Kentucky, which, mm-hmm. like, if you think about it, if he goes to Kentucky, he starts all four years. He has a name for himself. And mm-hmm. So that's a major steal for us that nobody was even talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And Major Tennyson was um, who nobody talked about as well, who made big plays down the stretch, um, right. slated to go to Texas. So that's that's why I would say this was a, a more impactful class. Because like you said, even though we talk about Devontae scoring um, on the second and 26, Henry Ruggs scored on the um, touchdown earlier in the game. 
that was mm-hmm. um, he did. I, I believe he scored. I mean, he caught three passes on that drive, so that was also which a was um, game changing drive. And you to also me, which is just as crucial, right? And we you also mentioned Najee. Najee had um, three big third down carries on the drive that Calvin scored on. So these are um, big time freshmen coming in making big time plays in the national championship where most of them, mm-hmm. well, not most of them, but two of them, where they, those are their first real meaningful stats of the season. So that's, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it in the last episode, a lot of people talk about Jalen struggling and I went back and watched it. Not a lot of people talk about the fact that, um, what's his, what was his name? Um, he plays for the Browns now. Um, who Chubb? No, 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 no. The lineman. No, for, not the Browns. For the Alabama. Bengals. I can't remember. Ooh, his name, but Alabama lineman. Yes, he got hurt in the national championship, and Alex Leatherwood came in for him. He was getting oh, yeah. his tail whooped in that game, and Alex Leatherwood came in and held the fort down in that um, drive that we um, went down and scored. I remember it. I made right. a point about it in the last episode. So that's a, that's three freshmen right there coming in, getting their first snaps of the season in the biggest game of in the, the season. championship. Right. So right. that's that's why against the top that. defense at that. Right. Exactly. So that's why I would yeah. put this class that that experience and then their star power and draft capability. Plus, we mm-hmm. had a um, Heisman winner. Granted, we had. AJ and Trent finish in the top three from that class, but mm-hmm. we had um, three in the top five in one class. So right, well, and then two, Tua as well. Yes, is okay. The, the, so year, the year before the his five. sophomore year, and he yeah. finished twice and, in um, in the top three. So right. there you go. That's- and then we have Belitnikov winners. We have. I mean, oh, no. the, the I mean, awards they racked up this year alone. To even pretend <laughs> yeah. to name all of the award winners. Right. Devontae himself would be a segment. Mm, right. All I'm saying is, I'm, I'm privy to the 09 class because I was down there in Tuscaloosa with most of them. <laughs> so, right. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this too, though. Um, I think just the sheer dominance of um, just loaded as far as playmakers all over the field on both sides of the ball, which in the 2009 class, you you did as far as the running game, but you weren't chunking the ball. Here's the thing that I love is you could chunk the ball around all day with, uh, not just with, with, with these receivers we've had but then you still have Najee toting for over 100 and catching the ball out of the backfield. Whereas, you know, back in the day, it was grind, 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 play action to set up the pass. Not not any dominant receivers so much so in that class. Uh, you had good receivers. Whereas this class, I mean, what do you have? Uh, technically four great receivers if you want to throw Najee in there as a receiver. Um... Yeah, I mean, to put a final stamp on it, they finished with the most wins in the um, in the the class. I mean, in the recruiting class. Mm. There you have it. So, I mean, 
that I feel like that's the final nail in it. Plus, they beat every SEC team by more than ten points. So, I mean, in their can in I ask their you history, if you, if like you, even this year they played every team in the SEC except for um, Vanderbilt in South Carolina. So I mean, we all agree that they don't count. Which so, I mean, um, which, which would have been would have been W's. Right. Can I ask you your question on a stat mm-hmm. that I don't know, and maybe you do? What? Um, how many? Um, who did the two thousand the two thousand nine class? Their losses. Who were their losses to, and what were they uh, by? Because you look at this class's losses as well. There. They, I, w- I want to say they have more quality losses um, too. Okay, give me a second. Stall a little bit while I look that up. That would be. I know in 2010 we lost to South Carolina, LSU, and Auburn. Oh yeah, see that's, that's those are three losses. Two thousand. Those are eleven. We lost, went under. We lost to LSU. 2012, we went undefeated. No, we lost to Texas A&M. Dang. Okay. So yeah, that's the think. Think about this class's losses. I, I I even think they're better losses. You lose to one national champion in the national championship after you've spent all games uh, less than a week before shutting down Kyler, having to try to shut down Kyler Murray, and then you lose to the eventual national champion in LSU in a game that was very winnable, and then you overcome and 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 lose to Auburn in some fluky fashion like always uh so you know I think even when you compare the quality of losses even the quality of losses from this class are even even quote unquote better yes they finished with the final record of 51 and 4 25 which class 25 and 1 in um Bryant Denny three bowl wins two I'm sorry, three SEC championships and two national mm. championships. Wow. Mm, that's that's tough. I'm sorry, they won that's four tough. bowl games. They won all four four of their bowl games. Which which class? This this 2017 class. They finished. They oh, finished yeah. 55 and four. I mean, 51 and four. 25 and one at home. The only loss was, was LSU. Obviously, they won all mm-hmm. four bowl games. They won three national championships. I mean, two national championships. I'm sorry. Um, one, I mean, and two national championships and played in three. So, mm. I mean, mm. I feel like that's that's pretty hard to argue with. Right. And would, would you say the quality of opponents is better today slightly just, just because of the nature of football? Because... Um, Remember that class? You could, you could pull a, a a Jordan battle, and there's no such thing as a targeting foul. So you you could play defense a little bit more more aggressively back then as well. So do do y'all think that the quality of opponent has changed, and, and it's a little bit more That's difficult bad. to win now than it was back then? Yeah, I can see that. I definitely could see how that could be. Um, an argument. My only thing is, I just, I feel like, I feel like the recruiting is more of what you're saying than the talent. Like the fact that recruiting is so much more wide open. Yeah, that too. 
that too. But I'm, I will say it's, it, I give it to this class, but it's it's very very slight. It, it's not like it's a oh yeah no. runaway at all because yeah. I, I definitely love that 2009 class. It was it was for sure my favorite one before this one. It's definitely um, nitpicking, right? Because you do have on one hand a one quarterback who won two national championships, mm-hmm. where technically only one quarterback in this class won a national championship. Tua Technic- never Tua yeah. technically never won a national championship. Right. Not as a starting quarterback. Correct. Technically. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a big technically. I, I think Brandon got something to say about that. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just, man, that's that's Tua's quarter. I mean that's Tua's national championship. That's all I'm no. no it's not <laughs> You no, know you're not, not going to win that argument Jaylen's with Jordan. Quarterback. I mean, you're not going to win that. Jalen's national championship. Who was the starter? If you say that. On the record, it is going to say Jalen Hurts uh, in, in 50 years when our grandkids are looking at it. So if that's the case, then um, that's Tua's win in the SEC championship when Jalen came in? Yeah, Sure. Well, sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, because you know, we 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 Did just you like to call it. No? It's, it's like calling balls and strikes. We're gonna be consistent. Exactly. We're gonna be consistent on it. Exactly. Hello, this is Jordan. You're listening to Not Another Sports Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation, you can. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Not Another Sports Podcast and on Twitter at N underscore A underscore S underscore Podcast. Thank you for your support and back to our show. Next up, we're going to talk about um, Coach Saban being the GOAT, basically. I say he's the greatest, not just because he's won at every stop. Obviously, he has the most championships, but he's he's won in different eras of football. He's won when it was when the SEC was a, de- a defensive game, and his teams have mm-hmm. always evolved. And now he has he's dominating on the offense, and now the defense really is just not is really just carrying along. So, um, that's pretty much my point. I mean. He's, he's always evolved with the game. So, if you can win in different eras, that, that right there, to mm-hmm. me, means go. So, but how y'all feel about Coach Damon and him being the GOAT? Um, I, I guess I can go. I, I say for there, – there are two things to me as a, as a former coach and trainer that, that really stand out to me about Saban from a coaching perspective. Um, number one, Saban doesn't lose to teams he has no business losing to. You, you can't look at Saban's Correct. record. You can't look at Saban um, as a coach at Alabama and say, wow, I can't believe they lost to Vanderbilt. I can't believe they lost to South Carolina. I can't believe they lost to X, Y. Even in the games that they lost to teams who weren't LSU or Auburn teams playing for a championship, uh, in those years, the games that he lost, these were teams who were no more than uh, three loss teams, teams who, who finished the season on a, on a great note, teams who played in huge bowl games and who had star power all over the field. So for me, 
I think especially in college football, Saban does a great job of not losing to teams where it's like, wait, they were they lost to who? And then secondly, to uh, Brandon hit it on the head is Saban's ability and willingness to evolve. You you can't tell me that it was easy for Saban to say as a defensive coach, as a defensive guru to say, you know what, I'm not too prideful to let my offense carry my team. I'm not too prideful to bring this coach back and let him uh, uh, be my play caller. I'm not too prideful to open up and turn over the um, offense to two of the greatest minds in college football history offensively in the form of Lane Kiffin and Steve Sarkeesian, who we we both had great squads with, who totally uh, transformed the way we we play ball. And then two, uh, over the years, every time there's an, you have teams coming in with the no huddle, hurry up, uh, putting them on there, start doing a no huddle, hurry up. Every time there's some change in the game, Whereas in the past, coaches have said, well, this is the way we do it. We're going to stick to it. Saban always, um, probably begrudgingly and reluctantly in his mind or in, in his home or in the in the locker room, um, comes forward and, and does what needs to be done and adjusts to the changing game. And I think that, to me, is a testament of his greatness. Um, and that's kind of what sets him apart. And, and like Brendan said, his eras, he's done this in a couple of different eras of football in which there have been humongous changes. And now, of course, we know Saban gets cranky. He complains about it, but he says, if you can't beat them, join them, but then beat them by joining them. I I definitely would say that Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time mm-hmm. in college football. Um, to be seven and what three in championships? Mm-hmm. To be seven and three in championships? That's wait, big. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> seven and two. Seven and two in championships. Right. That's Bill Belichickish in, in in college football. And every time they get to that position, they dominate. And when they lose, they don't go outside. Sad. They compete. Um, he, he has a way of the ga- mm. He has a way of galvanizing the troops and mm. making them see the vision. Somehow, some way, he know how to lead men. Uh, he know how to get them to buy into what he's trying to get them to do, and he shows that they're not only going to go out there and win, but they're going to be dominant, and then they're going to be rewarded mm-hmm. by going to the league after this, time and time after again. So you have to give him that credit. And yes, he does go off and kind of belittle his coaches and team his, you know player sometimes when he gets mad but I think it's all for the betterment of them he wants the best out of them he really cares and you don't get that out of most coaches and mm-hmm. people now because they just want the money but I would say he's the greatest but I don't think it's just like uh, Nick Saban is by himself there's definitely coaches that can sit at the table with him and discuss things because just because you're undefeated doesn't make you necessarily the greatest in my eyes uh I definitely believe Urban Meyer deserves to be in that conversation. Um, uh, Joe Paterno, like people who build up programs and maintain stability and, and consistency doesn't always lead into championships, but it could lead into giving people opportunities to go to the league, um, being competitive. Um, 
Mike Tomlin only has one Super Bowl with Pittsburgh, but he never has a losing mm-hmm. season. So we look at him as a great coach. So that is a that is a good point. But I I wouldn't say we look at him as one of the greatest coaches because of the way most of his seasons. I, I won't say the greatest coaches of all time, but if you're definitely having a top three, top four conversation about who's the best coaches in the league, he's definitely up there. Yeah, I mean, best coaches in the league, but wins, we're talking about like... But I'm just saying, if he wins another one, he's already up there. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, I, yeah. and like Michael Jordan, 6-0 and in the finals, but I believe LeBron is the best player in the NBA history. But I That's mean... Why it does, just because you have national championships doesn't make me all the way believe you're the greatest because that could be subjective but look at it but look at um but look at the way they look this year don't we put some of that on him look at the way that ab um Le'Veon and now juju have looked don't we put some of that on him he can't control the locker room don't we put a little bit of some of that on him I mean, yes, but with all of that, he still won eight games. I mean, well, yeah, yes. I mean, we give him all of that, but doesn't some of that kind of hold back how we look at him? That's what I'm saying. Yes, everybody has their flaws. We can say the same thing about Nick Saban because, like, we can, like, he's he's been in the NFL. We can definitely, like, we want to talk about Nick Saban whole career. Well, 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 that's it's not my fault fault that the owners gave Nick Saban. Nick Saban came uh, in and was changing uh, the culture. I think Nick Saban won like ten games his second year in Miami. Nick, Nick, like went toe to toe with the. general manager and said I want Drew Brees and their team doctors would not give him Drew Brees and at that point he he says well this team is not really committed to winning and that's that's what uh and it's the, you know in the NFL you don't get to hand pick who you play with and so it's just like that's like me saying um you know I, I want LeBron well no I'm gonna give you uh this this b-name player who, who's not going to to be a, a great player and no. so you know in, in his I think Nick gets unfairly judged for his time in the NFL simply because he he wasn't given the tools and NFL and college are just two two different games you get to imagine imagine handpicking who you play with as opposed to playing with whoever somebody else gives you and so I think in the NFL you you've got to have uh the ability to actually handpick your players in order to truly be successful unless your organization because unfortunately and that's I think that was part of the thing the Falcons waited too long to see is just as important as who your head coach is is who your GM is who's 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 picking the guys you're playing with yeah um that's true one thing I would say about Saban is that gives him um, credibility as 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 even as historic of a name as Alabama is, he still came in there and changed the culture there. Like there was a time when people would like I've said this before. There was a time where I would literally go to school and people would say, "Who are you a fan of, Alabama?" Like y'all don't have no Heisman's. Like, like how do y'all? How are y'all so good, but y'all don't have no Heisman's? Like, and I, I was like, that was a real thing. I remember watching when Mark Ingram won the Heisman. I fell asleep, so I remember staying up the whole night because I knew they were gonna show it again on um, 
SEC, I mean on ESPN, because that's how much I wanted to watch it. Like I, I, I was so interested in seeing us actually win a Heisman for the first time. Like, and who knew like there would be a time when Alabama would have the leading receiver right. in the nation several times, and we would have Litnikovs and um, Davey O'Brien winners, and um, we would win the. Um, I can't remember what's the the name for the best. Um, yeah, Joe Moore Award. Uh, Joe Moore, I think it is. The Joe Moore Award. Winning that over and over again. Having um, just these out. Having um, one of these days we're going to get us a, um, huh. a Ray Guy Award winner. <laughs> one of these days. That's all Saban's missing. I, I we have, were so close this year. I, Will I don't... Record almost got it. I have another. I have another couple. With one, with one more championship, Who? I feel like y'all yeah, gonna hate this one. But Dabo Sweeney, I feel like with one Not more enough. championship, no. one more championship, he has two. His team has been, his what he what he done beat Alabama, proven he beat Alabama. He done beat League Seven. How can he not? How can we he not beat him. with three championships? We beat him. What are you talking about? Okay, I remind beat Nick Saban as well. And Dude, I have a, you have to have. He has to have way more than he had. To have to be named the best. Well, I'm, I'm not saying the best. I said Nick Saban is the best, but I'm saying to be like, better than Urban Meyer, maybe. He's saying to be in a conversation. Yeah, like he's catching. Like, like if he gets that another championship, and like it, we always on a uh, head course collision for Clemson and Alabama. It seems like every other year, and hey man, so it's like I want to you know, see what he, they bounce back without Trevor Lawrence because I've seen what he's had with an all-time quarterback. With Deshaun Watson, and I've seen Trevor Lawrence, and Who? he doesn't look that great to me. He got us, he got us after, like Jericho said, he got us after we played Kyler Murray. They played Notre Dame that year. Trevor Lawrence, so, is that dude. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm not, not I've seen Trevor from. Lawrence in back to back postseason games go out sad. I've seen on his worst day that they just lost in the playoffs that he still had 400 yards, and I've seen Ben Roethlisberger drop 500 yards because it didn't matter because there was no deception. Hey man. I've seen our defense go for 213 in the first half with one receiver on their defense. So let's not say that their defense is elite. Let's be clear. All I'm saying is Trevor Lawrence is the I, definition of a quarterback. Okay, and, we'll see what he looks like when he has no weapons in Jacksonville. And he has a, and he has a coach who isn't interested in coaching for more than two years. Let's see what happens when they finish last in the division. And his coach doesn't want to be there Everybody anymore. Everybody say Patrick Mahomes the goat, but I say wait till he have some. He doesn't have as many weapons. And let's say let's wait then. But no, nah, okay, him. but it doesn't matter because he has the weapons. All I'm gonna know is so Trevor so Lawrence isn't say? gonna have the weapons. So we gonna really see what. It doesn't. We're not. It does, I don't call Patrick Mahomes the goat. So one, that doesn't even matter to me. But two, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have the weapons. And then he doesn't look like the goat. Then we'll have that conversation. But until that time, we can't have that conversation. Okay. So my point is, we can have the conversation. I can. (laughs) I feel like he's not that good. Hey, what's going on? Can't get enough of Not Another Sports Podcast? Well, you can follow us on social media at Not Another Sports Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and N underscore A underscore S underscore podcast on twitter and keep up with everything not another sports podcast we appreciate y'all support and y'all make sure y'all subscribe and back to the show so 
don't know if Florida can get over over the hump with Mullen as the coach. Does he lack discipline? Florida yep. and Lincoln. Exactly. USF. Samford. And that's what y'all want me to. You want me to. You want me to. That's good. Y'all play us. <laughs> y'all play us. Yes, sir. I say let's just let's just. I I just want this. Dick. You, y'all y'all want to know what I think was one of the best parts of this season is all yeah. SEC. I I would like for that to just be what we do from here on out. I know that Let's that that caused caused some injuries and all that, but I I would love that. That was just so much fun to watch. Hey man. Yeah, we didn't get none of these, like he said, Sanford games. Right. Yeah, I, I I love it. If it's a blowout, at least I'd rather see Arkansas get blown out. At least I know who they is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because I would. I mean, I give you credit, Kevin. At the time. More than likely, when y'all scheduled this Florida Atlantic game, Lane Kiffin was probably there. But come on, dog. USF. We playing Alabama. Sanford. <laughs> we playing Alabama. That's why we playing Sanford. What you mean? What you mean? We play y'all. Anyways, we probably got some poop too. This is our poop. Our schedule probably. We play, probably play, we play yeah, but we also play Miami. So I mean. Okay. You said that like we're good. I mean, but when when we that's the thing. Like I always say, we can't control the fact that we schedule a team and then they become trash. That's like I said in that. Like I said in that post, becoming trash. They was already trash. I'm from Miami, and I say this every year. Everybody be like, no, that we scheduled this game when Mark Rick was still there. They I were think, supposed to be on the way up, right? Right, and and I mean it's I Miami. The the other day. Miami at some point is going to be good again. It's it's cyclical, so it's like we schedule powerhouses. We schedule Florida State. Jimbo was still uh, there, and they they, they were came number in three number in three. We 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 beat them down, and then they they dropped. Every year, it's like we don't control the fact that we schedule these teams and they become trash. It's like I mean, you know, we we schedule these teams. We can't predict what what's gonna happen four or five years out. You know what I mean. And when we scheduled Texas, they was they were still supposed to have um, Tom Herman. He, yeah, Tom Herman. Forty to three. That's what Alabama. Wisconsin. They supposed to. Everybody counts Wisconsin now. I mean, count, considers Wisconsin to be good. Why? Because yeah, I don't know. You the one. You the one that count them good. Notre Dame is a perennial name. LOL. As long as Brian Kelly there. Hey man. West Virginia, they're pretty good. Wow. They they compete. Wow. They do compete. Wow. We have Penn State coming hey man, up. I'm not giving you Georgia Tech, but they have a new coach. We have Penn State so coming up. Huh? We have Penn State coming up. Wow. When did we add them? We're, I think we had them in a few years. Like I think after we finished the home and home with Texas. We're doing a home and home with Penn State again, I think. Which again, James Franklin's their coach now. They're supposed to be good. It, it, in those few years, who knows what could happen? And then it'll be, oh well, y'all playing. Uh, sorry, Penn State. It's like, well, they were when we scheduled Penn State. They they when we scheduled this home and home, they were perennial powerhouses uh, in the in the Big Ten and playing for you know for to make it to the Big Ten championship. Who knows what'll happen in the next few years? What if James Franklin leaves and they become trash again. I mean, we can't control what people are once we finally play them. 
Right. And then 2025, we play Wisconsin and Florida State in the same year. Oh, and then, and then 2026, we play West Virginia and Florida State in the same year. None of that sounds like any of us. But you, but you know what? What are you, who are y'all playing? That's my but point. But you know what Saban has been advocating for for years? For years, Saban has said, let's play a full SEC schedule. Let's, let, let's do a schedule where we play SEC teams, every SEC team, that's what you play. And Everybody, those, that's, that sounds tough. All the, the smaller schools ain't gonna get their money. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm just saying. Yeah. But but it's cool. We'll set the example just like we always do. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Florida Alabama game. Gotta go. Here's the thing I'll say about Florida, though. Um, Florida is one of those teams, again, that's gonna always be back. They just gotta have the right coach. I don't think Dan Mullen is the guy, but Florida always does that. They find a guy, then they go through a few guys who aren't the guy, and then the guy comes in and wins wins for them. Look at, uh, of course, with Spurrier, then you you get Urban Meyer in, and then you've had some decent coaches here and there that ultimately were not the guy. And Florida's one of those teams that, I mean, based on their, their ability to recruit, which to me that's interesting because they're recruiting every year against Miami and Florida State and everybody else. So I think it's always impressive um, that they are, you know, a, and Florida's one of those teams like Alabama who measure success in wins and championships. So, you know, Florida, the, the, the year Florida just had for most teams was a great year, but because of the standard that Florida has set, it's like, yeah, it was a great year, but it's not good enough because – we, you know, were expecting to at least to me, it was, play in the championship. What'd you say? It to me, it wasn't a great. Year. Is it only showed the lack of discipline? Is it only a great? Is it only not a great year? Like if y'all would have beat LSU in Oklahoma, would it have been a great year? It would have been a solid year. And okay. it, you mean like yeah. playing it against Alabama? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it would have been a solid year. But I definitely had playoff mindset, and when the way we was looking earlier in the year, and the Cash was playing. We definitely had that ability. We we dropped the ball against Texas A&M when that was a tie game, and we were driving that. We needed a field goal. We fumbled it, gave it back. We haven't had a run game all year. So we messed up opportunity, and we still controlled our own destiny, even with that. Then we laid an egg against the one of the worst teams in college football that lost everybody. And then, like, how do you do that at home? How do you do that? And then you go to it. And then in the SEC championship, in my opinion, you go toe to toe with the best team in the, in college football. Two mistakes that what cost us the game: the fumble by Trey Dean. He's a fellow Georgian. He went to school with my brother in Dutchtown. He did the same thing. He used it the way he did that. Fumbled the ball against Michi. Did that in high school. Played around too much. Too full of himself. That fumble and Kyle Trask fumble cost us the game because because when he when he caught the interception and then he fumbled it. That led right mm-hmm. to six points, and we lost by touchdown. Right. And then Kyle Trash fumbles again, and then they score again. Okay. So you take two touchdowns away, two fumbles away, we could win the game. Oh, another thing that um, like, that you can add to Saban's um, legacy is he's he's recruiting Canadians. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing about Florida. Like we have zero five stars. How are we the Florida Gators? And we don't have any five stars winning. Dan Mullen's never been a great recruiter. 
he's, he's, he's not a great speaker actually right. because he probably can't say he can't he probably i don't know. all right i can tell kevin's about to get pressure oh so can we go. can we can we all on this call agree on one thing though that the sc i think all of us would agree that the sec is at its best when alabama and florida do well I, I think yeah. I, I think that Alabama and Florida are the standard bearers for the entire SEC. Georgia might disagree, but who cares? Because I'm thirty. I've never <laughs> seen them win a championship, and I'm thirty-seven years old. So, but Flor- Florida and Alabama are the standard bearers for the SEC. I think we all agree on that one. Yo, if you liking what you're hearing on Not Another Sports Podcast, make sure you follow us on all social media. Not Another Sports Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter is N underscore A underscore S underscore podcast. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Make sure you continue to stay up tuned and update with everything Not Another Sports Podcast. Now back to our show. That concludes another episode of your favorite podcast, not another sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And make sure you follow me on all social media at Rob Bear. Yes, this is Kevin. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Vice City Kevin. Yeah, and this is Jordan. You can follow me on Twitter at this underscore guy 11 and on Instagram at underscore this guy 11. You can also follow the sports pages on Facebook and Instagram at not another sports podcast and on Twitter at N underscore A underscore S underscore podcast. Once again, special thank you to our big brother, Derrico, for um, being on this episode. Really appreciate it. Um, Definitely sucks that we couldn't get to the um, parade. That's definitely on my bucket list, the National Championship Parade. But this would be definitely a good consolation prize. (laughs) Yes, yes. How does that make you feel? Oh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad you guys invited. I know I was supposed to, uh, was going to be on at some point, but definitely uh, this, this one was special. So I appreciate the invite. Um, looking forward to being a guest uh, in the future, but of course, uh, mostly around football. So look forward to chopping it up some more. Most definitely. We will definitely get you back on. This was a great experience. Fun. Yes. And by the time by the time this airs, my heart would be broken or skyrocketing with the Ravens making it to the AFC championship or losing. So <laughs> maybe I really hope I really hope for success tonight. Hey man, for Lamar's sake, I hope they win. But for my pick's sake, I hope they lose. I like Lamar. <laughs> I really do. But I also pick Buffalo. So. It, it's, it's a very hard year in sports with my team. So, Hey, man, this is your one-fourth <laughs> left. This is it. <laughs> one-fourth left, my guy. You said you couldn't go on 4 That's it. That is it. Well, and with that being said, wash your hands. Black Lives Matter. Of course. Yes, yes sir. Say. Roll Tide. Roll go Gators. National yes, Champions. Yes, Roll Tide.